0: Welcome to the Business Brainwave show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. In this episode of Business Brainwaves, we talk about use fracts. Yes, that is a strange word and you may never have dealt with it before or you may have heard about it before, but it's never really mattered much. So let's look at what this means what it means for an estate and for a business. Oxford Languages defines a usufruct as the right to enjoy the use and advantages of another's property, short of the destruction or waste of its substance. Or in simpler terms, a usufruct is the legal right granted to a person in respect of the property of another person. So a usufruct is thus a legal right given by an owner to someone else to use the property for a limited time, usually a fixed term or a person's lifetime. And whilst a usufruct allows extensive rights over the asset, it does not transfer the ownership of the asset itself to the usufractory. So the usufractory is the person that holds the usufractor. Right. Now, this usufructuary can let the property, but they are not allowed to sell it or bequeath it to another party. The usufructuary also has obligations and responsibilities in regard to the property. So, they have to ensure that the property is not damaged or altered in any way until the end of this fixed period that we spoke about earlier and then they have to hand it back over. So it may be at the end of a contract or at the end of life of the usufractory. So it's also important to remember that a usufruct must be used for its intended purpose. And the usufractory is legally bound to act as a diligent owner that may not misuse the property. So the usufractory, in other words, would be responsible for paying the property rates, and general day-to-day costs of maintaining it they're not really obliged to insure um, the property but it is really advisable to do so because if you have a storm or a fire or any other damage you will be held liable because you remember I said have to return that property the way you found it and also other than the normal uh, day-to-day wear and tear the so the general maintenance, the use of is not expected to um, do extensive repairs. So, of course, if you have a use of right, you would be expected the normal wear and tear, the normal maintenance. So, if you've got that right and you are using the property, maintain the garden, maintain the property, ensure that the property is in good nick. But, um, let's say, for instance, there uh, was a storm and the um, roof caved in, and the insurance does pay a portion but not the balance. That would then not be the cost of the usufructory, for instance. So, how does a usufruct come into existence? Well, basically, use usufructs, right? Basically, this is done by means of a legal contract, which is referred to as a notorial deed, and it's done either during the lifetime of the owner of the asset. Or in terms of a last will and testament so what does this look like either if I want to do it during my lifetime let's say for instance I own an immovable property I own a, a, a townhouse for argument's sake and I wish to move this property out of my personal estate and I want to for instance transfer it to a trust I can in actual fact transfer the property to a trust and create a usufruct right. So, in other words, I would transfer what is called the bare right to the trust, and I, Renato, would retain the usufruct right until my death. So, that is the lifetime use. So, that would be during my lifetime. Alternatively, I could say, in the event of my death, I bequeath to my brother my home um, with the condition uh, or subject to a usufruct right or lifelong use to my husband. This now means because it may be for instance a family home that I got from uh, my grandmother and the idea is to always retain this particular property in our family. Then. The idea is that it would go back to, for instance, my brother, but I want my husband to still have use of this property until the end of his life. And then I would do that in my will. So uh, one of the clauses in the will would be, I bequeath to my brother this property uh, subject to lifelong use to my husband so that is what it would look like so examples of of usufructs i think i have touched on that but for instance a farmer could bequeath his farm to his son subject to a usufruct to his wife that means that his wife can live on the property until her death and she can now let the farm to her son the son could pay rentals to the mother and that means that she now has money To survive so this is a way for her to um, be able to be financially independent um, and she has a roof over her head so that would be the one way or for argument's sake we could have uh, in his last will and testament a husband leaves a home to his child subject to lifelong use to his surviving spouse so again that would just say that the person can live there until they die, or until they decide that they no longer want to do so, but that is really until they die. So, the interesting part for me, because we all know how much I love me a sum, is how do we calculate a usufruct value? Because, I mean, it's all well and fine to say, yes, I'll give you a usufruct, but this thing is supposed to have a rand value. So, These once again, with all things that needs to have these values, there's a step-by-step process and a formula. And this has actually been set out uh, for us. So step one. Now let's say, remember we can do this for many different types of property. We're not only talking properties with roofs on it. It can be company shares or shares. It can be um, other assets as well, so it's not just properties. The just the most popular would be properties with roofs on it, so or vacant stands. So step one, we first need to determine a fair market value underlying this asset. Generally, for deceased estates, we would look at a sworn valuation for a immovable property. Then, step two, we have to uh, establish the annual value of this right so we've now established the market value and then we have to uh, establish the annual value and then lastly this annual value of the right is then capitalized by discounting the annual amount over the certain period remember we said it's either the lifetime of a person that is now going to have this use of right, right or it may be a fixed term. So for argument's sake, if I wish to have a a usufruct right to a trust or a company, it would be a fixed 50 years. Or if it is to an entity where we cannot in actual fact determine the life expectancy at this point, it would also fall back onto a 50 year. And that's also, I could even have a usufruct for 20 years or 10 years. Okay, so this this uh, life expectancy whether it's the fixed or the life expectancy there are certain tables that give us the um, the fraction if I want to call it that that we are to use in this calculation and those tables are set out by the estate duty act and the link is uh, available in the write-up for this podcast but so, so we've now, step one, we established the, or we, we uh, found the fair market value. We then established the annual value, and then we capitalized that annual value over the certain period. So now, rather than going and breaking our brains, let's rather look at an example. So we're talking about a fair market value of the property of 6 million. We want to annualize that, and we want to determine a usufruct value for a male aged 50. And when we talk about aged 50, we are talking age next birthday, A-N-B. So whenever you work on a usufruct or a limited, right, you will always apply the age next birthday birthday, and you need to know whether it's a male or a female, because those tables A and B will also have different values for the male or the female. So, we take the fair market value, 6 million, we times it by 12%, because we are now creating the annual value, and then to get the usufruct in favour of this male aged uh, 50 next birthday, We then have to times our amount by the life expectancy table amount. So what does that look like? It's 6 million Rand times 12% gives us 720,000. We then times that by 7,60201 because that is the amount, the fraction, that is supplied to us by the life expectancy table. And this then gives us a use of value of 5.473,447 million. So 5,473,447 rand in some sense. So I started with a market value of 6 million. And I ended with a use of value of 5.4 million. Why is this important? Because the 5.4 million is what we will be working with. Now, what is the estate duty implications of a usufruct? Right? And man, if I tell you how often I've heard that, oh, it just disappears, no, it does not. The usufruct right value does not just disappear. That right of use that you have has a value. We've just established that that five point four million is an actual value. And as such, that means that when someone dies there is an amount to be paid because as we all know death and taxes so what does that look like now to explain this a bit i will use two different terms i'm going to refer to a commencing usufruct and a seizing usufruct let's start with a commencing usufruct This type of use of fract commences, in other words, it starts on the date of the contract uh, that we discussed earlier, or as per the conditions in the world. So remember we talked about this townhouse that I was transferring to the trust during my lifetime. Okay, so what that means is if my age next birthday at the time of transfer of this property is 45, for argument's sake, when we want to work out the usufruct value, we would do this calculation using my age next birthday, 45. Because remember, no one's died at this stage. At this stage, what we're trying to establish is what is the usufruct right that will be registered against that property when we transfer the property. So this is a commencing. Also, it would apply in the will, so for argument's sake, I leave this property uh, conditional to the or subject to a usufruct right, right now someone dies and now this property and the usufruct right, uh, comes in so that is then effective as at date of death of the person passing away but remember whose life are we using as the usufruct right value it is the person that has the benefit of the usufruct right, not the person that passed away the person that passed away was merely the owner of this property and it is in this person who passed away as a state that we need to bring the value of this use of in for calculation purposes of estate duty but the life expectancy we will be using is the person who will have this benefit think about it logically how do we work it out how long will this person have benefit of this asset so the life expectancy of this Beneficiary of this usufruct right. right. It's on that person's life that we will do this calculation. Now, what is important to remember for apportionment of a state duty, and I have done a podcast on apportionment of a state duty, I'll tag it in uh, the comments below, and I've also done an article on apportionment of a state duty. So, for apportionment of a state duty, in this event, in other words, a commencing usufruct, a starting usufruct, the usufructuary, in other words, the person that is now getting this right, will be the person liable for the estate duty that accrues to this specific uh, asset, so the specific uh, estate, this usufruct value. Good thing if the usufruct uh, person, uh, the beneficiary, of this usufruct is the surviving spouse, then we do have the 4Q deduction on this value. But it's important to remember, you know, someone thinks they're doing you a great favor and they're leaving you the usufruct value on a property, apportionment of estate duty becomes applicable. So do remember that. Okay, now the next one, a seizing usufruct. What is that? A seizing usufruct means it's a usufruct that comes to an end. It stops. Okay, so the usufruct ceases either at the end of the period or at the death of the party that has the usufruct. Right. So now remember earlier we said that we uh, are transferring the property to the trust and I myself retained the usufruct. Right. Now when does it become a seizing usufruct? Right? Basically when I die that usufruct right, right comes to an end. So it's a seizing usufruct. Right. Now in that case the usufruct right now ceases, and Um the value again gets calculated. And remember, use of product value is always calculated the same way. Fair market value times 12%, unless you can prove to the commissioner, that's now the big boy at SARS, why you shouldn't use 12%. And there are, if you have shares, you've got lower values. There are different values for this. But it's fair market value times your 12% to annualize it. And then times the life expectancy as per table A or B. Now, remember I said earlier it's going to my trust. Now, I pass away. My trust already owns the bare dominion. I pass away. So that usufruct right now comes to an end. Now, the, the trust will now own the entire property. So, in other words, it will own the property without a condition to it. There will be no condition registered against it. There will be no use of and right right. So now the trust can do with it what it wants. But again, we know that we now need a value for that estate, for my estate, because I've now passed away and I had that use of right right. So how do we calculate it now? We apply again this formula. But hold on a minute. Whose life expectancy are we using here? Aha! In this case, we are now going to use the bare dominium holder's life expectancy. Why? Because the uh, usufruct seizes. It falls away. So who is the ultimate beneficiary? The person that owns the bare dominium. Because now they will own 100% of the property again. They'll own the full property again. Okay. So it is the bare dominium. Now, if that bare dominion holder is not a natural person, in other words, we don't have a natural age that we can apply, then again, we fall back on that 50 year. And then we're using the table B, and that will then be the specific uh, fraction that is given to us there. So we then again do our fair market value times 12% times the fraction, and that will give us our usufruct value that usufruct value is now added into my estate calculations and estate duty becomes applicable and because it is a limited right it is an apportionment of estate duty now who is responsible for the apportionment of estate duty in this case remember when it was a commencing usufruct in other words a usufruct that started it was the person that was receiving that right. But when it is a seizing usufruct, in other words, this usufruct now comes to an end, the party that is now responsible for this usufruct, for the apportionment of a state duty, that is the bare holder, in other words, the ultimate beneficiary. Again, I have done a blog on this um, on my website. I will post a link because I've done all kinds of explanations with formulas there so that you can follow easily. Now my final word on this whole usufruct topic is this. Usufructs do have a place in estate planning. Don't get me wrong. They are a very useful tool in estate planning, but they are also very technical. And you need to deal with people that not only understand usufructs but that specialize in it. I'm talking from the conveyance attorneys that deal with it, to the people that handle the estates, to the financial advisors that advise you on this. It is not to be taken lightly. I have seen usufructs thrown around so often as the wonder tool. But very seldom is the actual consequences in the estate explained to the client. And like I say, a usufruct is a very useful tool, but you need to know how to use it and you need to understand, most importantly, what is the liquidity implications on death. So make sure that if you are thinking of using a usufruct if you are the beneficiary of a usufruct if you've got a seizing usufruct against your name that you understand the estate duty and liquidity implications and as always if you need assistance in this feel free to reach out or hop onto our blog or read some of the articles you will definitely find some information there We certainly aim to make figures fun and to try and simplify these very, very complex matters for you guys. So, as always, thanks for listening. I hope you've had fun and look out for our next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website, nobleprosperity.co.za, follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.